Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have tuned in. Super excited for today. Uh, You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you. Today's no exception. Super excited to have Jay Cranda on. So Jay is one of those people. So we're almost 600 episodes in. And I, for years, I've had a list of like people I want to have on. And Jay is on that list. Uh, right near the top. So super excited to have him with us. He is, if you don't know, he's the online campus pastor of a little church in Southern California uh, that's been around for a few years called Saddleback, uh, was planted by Rick and Kay Warren. Uh, Their first public service was in 1980. They currently have 14 locations, if I'm counting right, in California, a Chinese venue, uh, four locations internationally, and a really robust online community. Hundreds, I think close to a thousand online groups. Uh, So many good things. And listen, it is the thing that's great about uh, Jay. He really is such an expert in this area and so generous around Church Online. Jay, welcome. So glad that you're here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's you know, it's funny, like when you say the location number, I don't even keep up with how many we're at. So I'm like, trying to, like I'm like, I think that's right. It sounds like you're on our website right now. And that sounds correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. We pulled that off, did a little research there. You know, it, it's true. I, I, there is, uh, so the meeting house of church I was at in Toronto for years, they pre-COVID had 21 campuses and there was somewhere around six or seven. When you get beyond that, you're like, I just stopped yeah. counting. There's just, there's a lot of them. You know, so that's uh, that's so good. Well, fill out the picture for us. Kind of give us a bit of the Jay story. Tell us, you know, how do you fit into the overall, you know, matrix there? You kind of talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so I I started at this church, uh, you know, right out of actually the last year of college, and I started on a communications team, and I, I kind of came from a church of about five hundred, interned at Saddleback. Uh, so I, I'm the you know, the glory story of starting as an intern and getting mm-hmm. a job and being here for mm-hmm. a long time, you know, <laughs> still there, still on that internship. I know out of an, in- I know still on the internship. It's, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I get free rent, I guess. Um, no, um, but you know, I, I was like the classic guy who just kind of came to faith in high school and mm-hmm. wanted to serve the church. And one of the interesting things was when I started they had this little thing called the internet campus about 12, 13 years ago that mm-hmm. they somebody had started, but hadn't mm-hmm. really, nobody was developing it. And fortunately, somebody at my church, one of our elders connected me um, to a couple other churches like Life Church and so forth about 13 years mm-hmm. ago. And I just got really excited. And, and I, I really, one of the things that got me pumped was, you know, somebody who had kind of only known smaller church contexts. I couldn't believe they had like 500 plus people watching and nobody mm. was doing anything. I was just kind of, <laughs> you know, like my, my sure. mind that was, you know, like I was in a youth ministry where we had like 80 kids yeah. and we did a lot to get those 80 kids there. And so when they yeah. said like, oh, 500 people are watching this stream every week. Yes. And I was just talking to somebody else about this. I remember in college, I'm trying to remember when it was like 2007. 2008 i remember i would watch every once in a while on my like one of my first com- my first computer that was like my computer was just like toshiba mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, deal. And I remember I would watch Louis Gigolo's like Wednesday or Thursday mm. night college ministry. It was yeah, like 720 yeah. or something. Yes. I don't know if yes. you remember this thing. Yep. 722, I think it was that, called. I remember Seven, that was like the yeah. first stream that I ever yes. like church stream wow. I watched. Wow. Yes. And I just couldn't believe I was watching this thing in California. Right. Mind that back, was happening, mind like, I think in Atlanta. And, yes. um, and it was just, so my brain, when they told me about this, I was like, wh- I, I just remember I was impacted by that stream mm. and it kind of started to unlock like, wow, we could like, there's something here, do something here. It wasn't that, you know, I didn't know what I know now, but I just was really excited about that. And then, yeah, just over the years we started to invest. And then obviously of course COVID hits and, mm-hmm. You know, online be- stops being this side thing and becomes like mm-hmm. the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now we're in a season of okay, great. Now that's we're back in person. You know, what is the structure? And so one of the biggest things we've done um, over the last couple of years has been we really moved away from online campus to online mm-hmm. community, and mm-hmm. we're really trying to divide up what are the real wins. And so, really, like one of the things I what happened during COVID, I, I jokingly tell people now I reported to three different people through COVID <laughs> because we kept trying to do like the musical chairs. Like, does this work? Does this work? Yes. Yes. Does this work? And, um, and I remember just, we were having, I just, we as a church kept having a lot of honest conversations about, you know, yeah, I, I always tell people that digital is, it's kind of like a multiverse. Like there's so many ways that you could make this a win. So don't mm-hmm. lock in too quick, too early. Just mm-hmm. be very honest because I think what what it looks like for your church might look different from mine based off of mm-hmm. your objectives and, and, and your strategy. And so um, we really landed in on this idea that, you know, my, my and my team's main objective is, it, is to provide church for people that live 30 miles away from one of our physical locations. And mm-hmm. so if you were to draw a map hmm. out, Everything around a 30-mile radius, even our internationals, uh, everything within that goes to them. And everything mm-hmm. outside is kind of unclaimed territory. It's kind of, I jokingly call it now, like the, it's kind of like the West. If you look at, mm-hmm. you know, the United States and like mm-hmm. everything West was just like no man's land, like that would be <laughs> yes. our territory. Yes, so if you yes. fall within that territory, technically I'm your first contact. Our team is your yes. first contact and we're the ones that will help either get you into another church or mm-hmm. you can engage with us. And so, and then we started to launch recently more robust ways for, to start church in your home. And so, and then if you live local, that's where my team, you know, kind of plays as a job as, as kind of helping you figure out digital wins. I, I we do play a little bit of a role helping our church figuring out digital. It's a very mm-hmm. minor role. It's kind mm-hmm. of more ad hoc projects, but I think that's been the biggest change is just solidifying mm-hmm. that and trying to figure out, I'm not going to say like we, know it exactly it's it's a right. little bit still of a, of a foggy mess but i feel like i feel like we're a little bit more clear yeah okay i love that i love that insight around the 30 miles piece uh, you know we started doing church online in 2009 so like a few years after you know y- you guys have done that and then obviously all of us ended up whether we were into church online or not in 2020, it was like, here it is. We're, you know, we're doing it now. And I think a lot of us are thinking about that question. I'd love to dive into that a little bit deeper. You know, how should we, or where are you at? I guess it's probably a better question. Where are you at on really trying to, to, to divide those lines? I like the 30 mile thing. I also just subtext, Jay, I know you feel this pressure, you know, the entire team at Saddleback, 
they've got, I don't know what would be in the 30 mile radius. There's probably 50 million people, maybe 45 million people. Jay and your team, you got 7 billion. You go for it. You can yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Reach, reach the <laughs> yeah, rest that, of the world um, outside of you know 30 miles. <laughs> So yeah. ho- hopefully you're being resourced well enough for, to reach the 7 billion. So, um, but uh, t- talk to us a little bit more about that. I love this idea of that kind of 30 mile line. What, what led you to that? Cause I think a lot of us are struggling with that. How do we integrate this into, you know, it was like for a while there, we were offline online. Now we're trying to do both. How does all that fit together? Work us through that in, in your thinking, how that's, how that's impacting you at Saddleback today. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and this is a common thing that I'll be asked, like, they're like, oh, Jay, how do you have, or like, how does your church have so many people that engage with you f- far away? And, 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 and I will say, obviously it's because of who our pastor is, our church, sure. you know, th- mm-hmm. those are the default things. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that I- I've been the online pastor for, you know, about 10 years. I've had a long mm-hmm. time to develop systems and people and mm-hmm. teams. And there, there's really, I've, I've invested in mm-hmm. a long time. And I, I always tell mm-hmm. people that, Usually there's something around like they go like, we just have a bunch of people watching our stream, but nothing else. And I always mm. remind them, do you have anything else? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Like normally they're just streaming their services and there's nothing. I go, mm-hmm. that's like saying like you're arguing about what church is and all you have is a building and you meet once a week. Like we know church right. is, is not, that's that I was, I was just, uh, I've been reading this book by Doug uh, S. Douglas Estes uh, the last mm-hmm. couple of days uh, about Sim Church. It's kind of an OG uh, church online mm-hmm. book from 2009, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and he talks about like the origin of of the the German word church is like literally like more building. But mm-hmm. if you actually look at the biblical word, you know it's obviously more of an assembly or a gathering of people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes we still lean heavy towards that German English, you know, kind of right. root than the actual like uh, Greek root and. Um, so I, I think for us, a lot of what we are trying to do is that we do have an objective where we want to provide church for people. So we take mm-hmm. that word seriously. So we look at mm-hmm. our ministry philosophy or methodology and we're like, mm-hmm. okay, like, okay, here's a, and, and usually it's really best to go, okay, so how do you do this locally? Well, we have mm-hmm. a worship building for worship. Great. Okay. So we have that online. Okay. How do we do groups? Well, we need to build a resource groups where we're not in the business of mailing and not doing all this stuff. Mm. Okay. How do they connect with each other? I think that's one of the biggest things that people underplay because it's hard to invest in it. Mm. It's a little so bit of like, come and see is that like church, like when I go to church, like me and my family, when we go to church, we go to Saturday nights typically because I hate getting up in the morning and um, it's the worst. Like that was something in seminary. I should have been a red flag as a pastor. Like, <laughs> don't like, like getting don't up, particularly like, on the weekends. Early. On the weekend. like, I don't like getting up. Like I, to be at church at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning does not sound fun to me. Yes. Uh, love so I'm so glad my church has a Saturday night service. Yes. Um, and then I just schedule my team to be there on Sunday if, if I have to be there. Um, but <laughs> just kidding. Kind of. Yes. Um, so the, but like we, like, for example, like Facebook groups was a game changer for us because mm. it allowed us to create a, I call it like a patio where mm. you could run in and mm. talk to people. Cause I don't have the luxury of running in and talking to my people. Right. Typically very rarely yeah. mm-hmm. do I see somebody who's part of my community. I might see local people who recognize me or know me, but they're right. part of our Lake Forest campus or our San Diego right. campus. Um, I remember I got to visit our. Um, our campus in um, in the Philippines in Santa Rosa, and I remember like people knew me because they they're in, right. they're part of Santa Rosa. They're part yes. they're in the Phil, our, our, our Philippines uh, campus, and so 
but I don't get to run into the person who's part of our community that lives in Toronto or lives in right. Winnipeg or win- lives mm. in Florida or wherever. Mm. So our, our Facebook group was that became our space. And we have about mm. like 9,000 people that are in our Facebook group and we right. treat it like a patio or the Love back it. room of our church where, Hey, if you want to, and I tell people, introduce yourself. And mm-hmm. what was hard about that is you're, you're expecting like, okay, let's say you got 10,000 people watching your stream and only 500 engage in your Facebook group. And that drop off sometimes for people is like, well, how do I make that more? Well, you mm. got to develop it. You got to invest mm. in it. And, and I always say, don't worry about the big number anymore. Like mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the key is like, I call it like habit stacking kind of like how James mm. Clear would say is, mm-hmm. can you get on a, can you create small events and one-on-one Zooms? And just the goal is, to meet with five people right. a week on a Zoom. And if you Dude. stack that over a course of 52 weeks, it starts to actually be real church. Yes. Because Dude, I don't love worry this. about the big streams. Like mm-hmm. I think people get so wrapped up because they want to be in, you know, like an elevation or whoever you feel at life church, like big, like they're killing it as evangelism. Like that's what they're doing. But like, I get more excited about like the pastoral, like developing people. But the only way you do that is you got to have the coffees and, mm. For us, that's just Zooms. And and tr- the other thing is, if you start meeting with people one-on-one, and mm-hmm. like, for example, we have classes. We teach our mm-hmm. classes every month. We mm-hmm. teach that every month on Zoom. And we have mm-hmm. we have three classes right now that we teach. We probably only get like probably 40 people a month in our classes right, right now. Right, right. But here's the deal. Like, so if you might go, we might have, let's say, 50,000 viewer service in a week mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. only 40 people in a Zoom a month. But if I've been... You know, we've been doing classes for four years. That right. starts to yes. accumulate. It builds momentum. It builds dude, momentum in helping people. Yeah. Uh, dude, I love you're pushing us here in such the right direction. And I, I want to dig into this a little bit more. So much of us, I, there was that phase in early COVID and I, I rolled my eyes at the time. So I hate to say I told you so, but I, I rolled my eyes at the time where like everybody was trying to figure out the stream number. They were like, well, you take the total number of streams and you multiply it by 1.7. And a good friend of mine, Kerry yeah. Newhoff, he was saying that. And I was like, dude, come on, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Uh, what should we be focusing on though? You, you kind of were hinting at some measurement stuff there. What are some of the things that we should be measuring on the community side? What are the things that, that you look at and say, Ooh, we are actually moving forward in getting people. I love that 40 people in you know, are your classes? What are some of those things that you think you kind of recommend to churches? Yeah. So if, if I was, and, and again, and, and I think this is where philosophically depending, you know, there's mm-hmm. kind of a local church that's just doing digital. And then yep. there's like a church that is wanting to maybe build out way more for people that to engage from anywhere. And those mm-hmm. are two different approaches. Mm-hmm. Both are really good strategies. Um, sure. And, but I think for, for anybody who's doing online, I, I, I think even for the local church who's just trying to do digital, right? I would say so many people are just not walking through your doors anymore and they want to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. And your stream is one way for them mm-hmm. to discover who you are, but they want something more robust. And so I, I honestly, and I know I'm coming from a, like, you know, anybody listening to this that knows Purpose Driven will go like, well, yeah, you're going to say that because you're a Purpose Driven guy. Yes. Uh, yeah. so, which I, I get, I do believe mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think anybody online who really wants to take digital series should consider hosting some kind of either monthly or quarterly, like 45 minute zoom where you just talk about how to engage with you. And again, you don't need to do it monthly based off of time and focus, but like 
especially online pastors, like mm-hmm. if I didn't have class one-on-one, which is our membership mm-hmm. class, I would call it something else. And yes. I would just be like, Hey, like, for example, when I was a high school, like pastor, um, early on, and I was actually shadowing my high school pastor. So I was like high school pastor in training. Mm-hmm. My pastor would do this dinner for 12 thing and he would get together every month, new high mm-hmm. school students. And he would have dinner. He would have lunch at his house. And it was a mm-hmm. chance to interact with the pastor and his family. Mm-hmm. And then also he would bring student leaders like me and we would hang out. And it was mm-hmm. like an informal time to get to know. And I think you need to have that online because what it is, is mm-hmm. it's a chance for, for a new person. So you get to say, Hey, if you're part of our online community, you're not sure where to engage, come to this zoom on this date. It's 45 minutes. We'll answer your questions. And then I would just share a little bit about the church. Here's how to engage and then have a Q and a, I would do something like that. And then, so I would measure, okay, great. This is how many people watch our service, but how many mm-hmm. people are in that new zoom type of Love class it. every month. And, and then I would, I would measure how many people are active in a group. How many people are in like a Facebook community space? And then I would look at giving, giving for people mm. beyond 30 miles. Because honestly, like I, I, you know, not to like make promises to people when you invest in this, but like our giving is substantial and it's sure. not because of me. It's because right. we're actually maturing people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like closer to Christ and generosity yeah, is a part of that. Yeah. yeah they're watching. Absolutely. They're part of groups. They've taken classes and out of that now it didn't it wasn't like day one but out of that people started to give and you start to multiply Mm -hmm. that so i think Mm -hmm. that there is now i think what a church has to figure out is you know what is the digital strategy if i'm a church of like 150 Mm -hmm. and i'm pulling off physical services i would still say hey that membership class that you're doing or that class you're doing maybe once a quarter you do a zoom Mm -hmm. for people you know what i mean maybe not every month but you still host it in person every month. I think those are the tensions because people like me are structured very differently. And so that that's where you have to figure out what does success look like? I just think people, I always, I always go back to the, like the Peloton example of like, if you go on Peloton's website, um, before I buy the bike, I can take a free training class to see what they're about. Right. And I think a lot of people in the church, like new people want to see what you're about. And the only yeah. thing we offer them a glimpse into our church is a worship service, which unfortunately mm-hmm. is not always the best first entry because right. it's assuming a lot. It's assuming you know certain things, you know when to stand, sit up, sit down. You know why am I worshiping about this blood song? You know mm-hmm. what is this message? <laughs> what you know what what is? Where like you have other entryways into your church, like a membership class or something that's a better first introduction. Is there a way to make that on demand? Is there a way to make that a Zoom? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. stuff like that. I would think about and then measure that. Love it. And and so this is one of those things I've been talking about you behind your back for years. When people ask me uh, about online and groups, particularly, I always say, well, you follow whatever Jay does. Cause it's like, you guys are actually doing this. You're actually moving people into community. I want to come back to the group thing in a second, but I want to kind of pose to you like a theoretical question. Let's assume I'm a, a executive pastor of a church of a thousand people. And we're trying to, we're, we're, we're not just like begrudgingly doing church online. We're like, we really want to do this. We want to take some steps. What should I be thinking about from like a staffing structure mm-hmm. point of view? Like help us translate that. So it's not a church of a couple hundred. It's a church of a thousand. I'm thinking I want to hire some people. I, I've got, you know, the youth guy who for the last two years has been doing church online and I'm, do I move him out and say, yeah, you should do that full time. What should I be thinking about from a staff structure point of view? 
Yeah. So I would first just at a high level, I would run mm. a, like a report in your system of like okay. how many people, like how many people who are watching you every week on your church online platform, website, YouTube, everything, mm. how many people are within a hour drive of your church and how many people are outside? Just kind of get a, a lay of the land of mm. kind of your audience. Um, the other thing is try to figure out over the last two years, how many people have given to your church that live an hour away from your church? Mm hmm. Like just because mm -hmm. that will be a motivator. I will say for most people, that's like, oh, wow. Like mm -hmm. it's either wow one way or wow the other way. So one thing, because I think that determines how to invest in the strategy. Is this a local yep. strategy or is this a far away or is it a hybrid? Um, and I do think most churches should think locally, like think mm -hmm. local, local digital wins. I I, mm -hmm. I don't think strategies like ours make sense for everybody. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's the focus. Now on the structure staffing, I, I think, um, I definitely think you should be thinking about providing a uh, provide some vision for that online pastor or that online director. And I do think at a church of a thousand plus should mm -hmm. be thinking about making that full time. And, but mm -hmm. you, the key here is you got to, what are, what is the win? And I think too much of their time has been focused on just project managing the weekend streams. Mm, so true. And, and as a much, as much as that's important, you do need a point person to coordinate, make that better. Like for example, like at our church, one of the things we've done a lot of since we've gone back to medium person is we've gone back, we've really taken live hosting very seriously. And, and it does, it takes a lot of work. Um, mm. and like at a church, our size, a lot of coordination with our worship team and technical teams. And, and we do, we, we live stream our, our largest campus, our Lake Forest. And then all we do is we go live three minutes before, and it's a chance for the online team to talk. And we do present it like, Hey, we're hanging out at Lake Forest, but we're talking to you online. Hey, if you live local, you know, mm -hmm. come here. And so we, so there's coordination even on that strategy, but I think the larger win would be, how do you make them, how do you make a local person ultimately um, how do you make their digital experience better to coming in person? So for example, one of the things you could work on is I was talking to this church in Dallas that does this where like their online person, they schedule like a meet and greet once a month um, where, Hey, by the way, if you're, and they had one location, so this was a little simpler. Mm -hmm. So I, but it do, was yeah. like, Hey, you know, as the online pastor, I would love to meet you here at my church. So at the end of March, after the 11 o'clock service, I'm going to be in the, in the back of, of our church, let's meet. And that's connecting like your digital to your local and being very clear about what the wins are. And so they're not just thinking about coordinating the stream. They're thinking, how do I move people online into the actual physical? So they're planning that, but that takes somebody a lot of like, like, for example, one of the things I'm trying to do is I'm trying to coordinate with different different campus pastors at our church. And I'm trying to do every month, have a different campus pastor mm. co-host with me. So I mm -hmm. get to promote their location, but that takes, and I think this is where I would encourage a, uh, an executive pastor or a senior pastor kind of give creative scope to your, your online pastor, not just to host this thing, but to actually, how does it connect to your church's strategy? So for example, my church is about our locations. Like I know that. And so I'm like, hey, I, what if I, and so I'm thinking, what if I co-host and I just bring in a different location once a month mm, and so good. that promotes it. The other thing is, you know, what, what are better integrations experience? So the last thing is like, we launched this plan a visit experience recently, which is a mm -hmm. total beta new thing where mm -hmm. 
I wanted, instead of just going to slash locations and picking and showing up, I wanted them to actually plan a visit. And I wanted, we wanted it to be, we were talking as a church, we wanted it to be text-based where you're mm. actually texting with somebody at that campus. So it's more mm-hmm. personal. So mm-hmm. launching that. And so like, Hey, focus in on making this experience better. What are the features and the things? Cause we didn't have a good call to action from the weekend. I felt like, mm. cause I hated saying, Hey, come to our church. Just go to saddleback.com slash location. Now I get to say, <laughs> Hey, come to our church, go to saddleback.com slash plan a visit, which was way more clear. But those are the things that I think with staffing and structure, you do got to figure out, do you want it to be a campus or more an extension of your local? Um, I think campuses are okay. I, I like the extension of local. This is why we lean into community, our online community, because c- community means the fusion of our local and our online. And I don't, I, I've struggled and I know some would disagree with me on this. I think online campus communicates the wrong value. I think it communicates that you want them to stay online. And that might be your church's strategy, which, you know, that's okay. I think that there are expressions of that that can look more sound. For us, we ultimately want them, even online, to be doing person in uh, doing their expression of church in person. So, for example, if you live far away, at the end of our funnel is that you're starting a group in your home and you're watching the services physically. That's our strategy. So I think if if you're not in on that win of people staying online, I would really consider going away from online campus personally. But um, but that's a larger debate to be yeah, had. There's a, there's a lot there for sure in that conversation. Um, I love, let's talk about that funnel. Let's talk about moving people towards groups. Um, you know, I think this is a, um, an area where Saddleback, you for years have led, you know, I, recently over the last, say, four or five years, I've loved watching so many churches uh, get fired up about growth track, you know, out of Church of the Highlands. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I, my my running joke as a person who's, you know, almost three decades in ministry, I'm like, yeah, like that's called 101, 201, like, you know, Saddleback's been doing that for years. And so it's not surprising to me that it works because we've seen, you know, just a real, you know, I love that. So fantastic. But so I, we, I think people who are listening in have a sense of whether it's run the bases or whether it's growth track, moving people from weekend to a, you know, some sort of experience that lets people know, you know, engages them in their faith. But how are you moving them to then actually saying, okay, I want to lead, say a Zoom group, and then ultimately maybe to leading an in-person group with friends. Can you kind of talk us through what that looks like? I know there's a ton there. We could talk for hours on that, but give us kind of the overview on that piece. Yeah. And, you know, obviously before that there was catechism. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yes, exactly. I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, it's exactly. So, exactly. so, you know, it's funny, like these things are, you know, again, I, I whatever you call it, I just think you got to have a, another venue or another space. I, I usually, I, I used to talk about this as like, you kind of have your large group experiences, which is your worship services. Then you have your medium experiences, which might be like, you know, um, your family center or your patio, or your church. Then you have your small, which is like, you know, in a, in a room or maybe over coffee. Um, and the question is, how do you do that online when well, you need different rhythms and you need different spaces to kind of facilitate that? So, um, yeah, so for us, you know, it's funny when we first started doing this, I was, I was just a small groups pastor and I would jokingly say, I would jokingly say that I was just kind of like an affinity leader at my church where we had our women's director, our, our men's director, and then we had like the online director. Yes, and yes. my job was just to make sure the streams work and just yeah, whatever yeah, that yeah. entailed. Like, and right. then I was over all of our online only groups and I was just, I just kind of was a venue at our church early on. And I literally reported to our small groups 
pastor at our church. And over time, as we started to expand that, I think what I've really learned is that if I could get somebody online in a group with other people, their care is way more sustainable and healthy. So like, for example, my team is not huge, but I have, I have a team of, of four and three of them are small group pastors. Right. Okay. And essentially 80% of their job is to make sure our groups are healthy. So each of them have about 500 or so groups. And so mm-hmm. most of their job is just to <laughs> contact those groups every month yes. and just yes. build that team because pretty much like, like I have our worship service, but I will say at scale, our worship service is very easy to manage at scale. Right. Like it's yep. not the same, like to think that to have 10 plus thousand people watch, to think that's the same as one of our local campuses where they have 300 people. It's not this, like, it's right. so much easier. Yeah. yeah. So much easier. Yeah, so totally. I don't have to do a lot on the weekend outside of like physically being present to host and maybe troubleshoot and just make sure stuff is working, which can be a headache. Um, but that works. So a lot of our time is, is getting people into groups. And so it's, um, for example, like that's like a lot of my early time, like one of the game changers and, and I, I haven't said this a lot, but like one of the game changers of how we started a bunch of online groups was I signed up for a click funnel account. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And I literally created a funnel of like, you want to start a group? Oh, you want to join a group? Great. Hey, have you thought about starting a group? And I would create, yes. I created funnel pathways. Yep. And Love I remember it. like our old school model was, and our church is world-class at this, but you had to go out and talk to somebody and do all this. And I remember, I remember one week and we started like 70 groups or something through this click funnel process. And I remember like somebody coming like, how did that happen? Jay, how did that happen? What did you do? Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, well, people already know what they want yeah. and I'm just funneling them. Yep, I'm just, fun- that. And, and I remember now we've moved away recently from click funnels and we built this mm-hmm. out, but like, I think too many times people like their call to action is to like, here's the deal. Users online have gotten a lot smarter and they don't mm. want to talk to somebody. Mm. Like I was oh, just like insight. yesterday I had a, I signed up cause I'm like an old man now or I'm getting older <laughs> and I had, I signed up for life insurance and, or term insurance. And I yes. remember the company that I use protective or something, uh, I, I got locked out of my account and they forced me to call somebody to unlock it. And I was like, I literally like, I'm not like a grumpy person with like agent people yes. on the phone. Cause I know that they're not getting paid that much, but I was like, why do I have to call you? Yes. This seems like, so backwards. Yes. It, but think about all these complex things at our church that you are forced to go out to a table or talk to somebody. And I guess my, my thing is, is that I understand why that's needed and a good concierge experience. And it's always good to be able to have an option. But I think if you spend the time and record a video and explain it on a page, people can figure it out on their own. And guess what? If you do that, now people could do it all waking hours of the day. That's the power of the internet. That's the power of online. And how many times do people, oh, let's just talk Sunday. And if you go to, for example, if people watching this, if you go to what we just launched this new experience on saddleback.com, if you go to saddleback.com slash online, if you go to our, our, our community page, you'll see like we have a video where we explain how to engage and how to sign up for a group and how to Love take it. class one-on-one yeah. and how mm-hmm. to start a watch party, get an extension. And we just lay it all out. And the funny thing is if you invest in a video and in text explaining it and easy ways to start it, people will do it yes. even when yes. you're not on it. It's, it's like starting a business. People will buy the right. product 
because mm-hmm. it's on the page. And so I think most right. pastors and churches haven't thought about that process. And so I think that's been, and then a, there's a lot of reinforcement. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. our Facebook group reinforces that the hosting reinforces that our website reinforces that mm-hmm. the weekly mm-hmm. emails I send reinforce it. Cause ultimately what I'm asking somebody far away, I'm asking them to watch every week and engage. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm asking them to be in our Facebook group, to take some of our classes one time mm-hmm. on zoom. Mm-hmm. I'm asking them to be in a small group and mm-hmm. I'm asking them ultimately to host something in their home called an extension. And mm-hmm. th- that's ultimately what I'm, I'm doing. And so there's them. a lot yeah. of repeating. And, and honestly, that's what my pastor in our church is brilliant at is that yeah. we repeat yeah. that stuff a lot and we don't overcomplicate it. I think what gets harder online is there are the harder thing to figure out is what do you do with people spread out? So for example, we do something special where we do, we do something called meetups where we will pick, mm-hmm. pick geographical reason regions and mm-hmm. somebody on my team, their job is to focus on this where mm-hmm. once, once like it's probably two to three times a month, we'll say, Hey, everybody who lives in Canada, we're going to meet on zoom. And the goal mm-hmm. of that is to connect people to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and the ultimate goal is maybe there, maybe you could start a group with somebody, but we do mm-hmm. these meetups, which that's probably the biggest difference between our our local campuses uh, us online is we don't have concentrated groups of people just I could just connect with each other I have mm. to in our Facebook group in these zoom meetups I have to we have to host special programming in order to connect people to, to each other and then what like as you know like Canada's huge so it's like wait mm-hmm. I'm over here and you know I'm in Vancouver yeah, yeah. and like we're not right. near so what do we do well we have to host a sub meetup you know what mm-hmm. I mean and so mm-hmm. and then sometimes like We'll do a meetup and only three people come on that thing. And, mm-hmm. but guess what? Those three people start a group together. And so right. that, that's right. probably the biggest difference. I, I don't know if I answered the full question, but that's kind of no, where it's I good. I, I love that. That got me thinking about, um, if you got a few more minutes, I'd love to tap this question, the care of those groups. So mm-hmm. help me understand the, the tending. Um, I, I understand from a staff point of view, that sounds like a coach level kind of like, Hey, we're keeping on top of them, caring for the leaders, making sure they're still meeting, trying to, you know, give us a sense of what that rhythm looks like for your team as they're caring for those groups. Yeah. It's funny. We were just in a conversation, um, a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I always struggle with, with online is, is the deep care for people. Mm -hmm. Like where are our real gaps? Because ultimately, like I always go to that James verse about, you know, as a teacher and a leader of the church, I'll be accountable for the Mm -hmm. people under my care. And Mm -hmm. I I think I, I've always struggled with, okay, what do I do with somebody, you know, a state, a country over who sees Mm -hmm. like, they're part of our church, like they're members Mm -hmm. and they give Mm -hmm. and they're part of a group. Like what type of care am I offering? And, and, mm. you know, can I marry, bury them? Can I, mm-hmm. is there a benevolence option? Like what mm-hmm. counseling mm-hmm. crisis, like what, you know, cause, cause mm-hmm. there are to act like everything's figured out, I think is so naive. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. when people argue about online church and online ministry, digital ministry, I like, I text a lot of friends during COVID mm-hmm. who were pretty hardcore online, which mm-hmm. they're my friends. So I understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I feel like sometimes online guys and, and, and women leading in this effort, they're so focused on justifying because they're so been mm-hmm. like beat yeah. down that sometimes yes. they get too extreme. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're, sure. they're, they're literally like, like I always tell people like DJ Soto during VR church, like he mm-hmm. is a, he's literally like a modern day evangelist. So he's out in yes. the bush doing something totally right. different. Yes. Yep. yep. And it's Love like reading DJ. peace child. Like you're not even yep. like 
to think you understand their paradigm, you you just don't. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, true. You don't. That's very true. Like, and so, like, as much and so, but I also will text. I text people during COVID, like, hey, guess what? Being online only and not having physical relationships. I'm a homebody. Get, mm-hmm. COVID sucked. Like, it was not fun mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. time. Like being mm-hmm. stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Like, there are gaps to this. And so, yeah. I think so. So to say all that, one of the things that we do is we do try to connect people to each other. And the way we measure this as a whole is um, a couple things. We have a goal to uh, make sure every leader of a group is a member of our church like has taken that Zoom class so they know what it means. So we don't require you to be a member initially, but over the first 60 days, you have to be a member. We also don't plug people into your group if you're not a member. So you mm. Oh, that's a good distinction. Off yeah. of like, if you and your friends want to start a group and you're, you know, you're in Toronto and you want to do that, great, go start a group. But if you want me to plug people in your group, I have to know that you know what we believe and you're green to our covenant. Like now you and your group. So the idea is that you'll just mess up the people you already know. You know what I mean? This kind of like, the, you know, <laughs> sure, the raw sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. explanation of that. And so yes. you have to be a member, the leader with that. So we have a goal. So we might have 1500 groups, but how many of those groups are actually members? And so that's like the big goal. Mm-hmm. The next goal is, are you regularly talking to us? Like and mm. we define that by like a 45 day range. And so right. if you stop talking to us, um, you will we'll like tag you in a way that right. we'll remove you from our finder. And then we'll ultimately we'll delete your group. And so we're right. very active. So we might start, you know, you know, a couple hundred groups a year, but we also delete, you know, a hundred groups mm-hmm. a year. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. so we have a lot of growth, but there's also a lot of purging happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause part mm-hmm. of a high growth mindset, you know, you're going to, it's kind of like, it's like Wikipedia. It's like, you're going to have a lot of messed up pages every once in a while. But I think it's yep. controlled chaos a bit. The other thing is we do teach a leadership class on like how to lead a healthy group, mm-hmm. which is taught via Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually teach two versions. So when I look at our groups, we might have 1500 groups, but how many of those groups are members? How many of the hosts mm-hmm. are members? How many of them are regularly talking to us? And how many of them are taking our leadership training? And if they do those things, then I start to go, great. And we look at it. Okay, great. You know what? I, I'm just saying this. Well, let's say 1,200 of our groups out of 1,500 are members. Okay, what's going on with the other 300? And let's say yeah, let's talk about it. 500 yeah. are taking our leadership. Well, why is nobody taking this class? Is the class not relevant? Is it not helpful? Um, for example, one of the things we problem solved recently was we teach our class, our membership class, on Sunday afternoons Pacific time, and I knew we were missing a lot of our international. So. We're teaching a Friday night Asia kind of specific class. And we're going to do that twice a year to kind of help our more international people because Sunday at two, you know, it is a hard time because it's going to be like late, late, you know, Europe time and it's going to be, you know, early morning uh, Asia, you know, time. And so I think those are the things we struggle with being an international kind of impact. Yep. But, yep. Uh, that's how we measure the health of our groups, like kind of at, at a high level. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's so good. So helpful. This has been uh, such a good conversation. I'm going to beg you to come back on in the future because there's so much we could talk about. Uh, but I do want to respect your time. You've given us a great resource that we're going to pass on to people. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, PDF called Online Church, How to Go Beyond Streaming a Service to Bringing People into the Body. One of the things, friends, that you're as you're listening in, you've heard clearly that I just love about you, Jay, is, hey, this isn't about managing, or maybe it's we need to move beyond just managing the weekend stream. We need to move beyond just how do we make sure that 
that works. We got to dive so much deeper. Tell us a little bit about this resource. Give us a kind of a um, why we should download this, and uh, yeah, just give us a bit of insight into that. Yeah, this was a uh, an ebook that. I worked on with our kind of our training team at our church um, during mm-hmm. COVID. It was just kind of outlining some framework around how to think about online church, how, how to like structure it. So it's very raw. It's, it, I mean, it's very like philosophical and then there's some very practical things. Um, but it's, it's there to kind of get you thinking. I, I really want, I really encourage pastors to just get beyond streaming. Cause I think it, mm-hmm. it is like the eye candy, you know, people want to mm-hmm. have a big stream, a lot of subscribers, which I get. And I think, that's good, but you could have a huge front door, but lose everybody through the back door. And I actually think yeah. if you focus on the back door first, I think you'll long-term, because what happens is when you move people around the bases or whatever mm-hmm. your, your approach is, mm-hmm. you you actually train people to evangelize, which will ultimately grow your front door. And I think yeah. we actually, we, we've benefited greatly on being a very deep place for people to connect, which ultimately people invite. And so I actually credit mm-hmm. most of our successes, just personal evangelism than any, because we we spend money on ads and we do things, but it's very a fraction compared to a lot of other churches our sizes. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think this is a kind of give you a framework to start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Love it. So good, Jay. I appreciate this. I really appreciate you being on. Anything else you want to say just as we wrap up today's episode? Yeah, I, I was I would just kind of say, you know, I would look at your church and think about how many hours a week do people actually think about digital right now, like at your church? Like think about it. Like this is how many hours we do ministry. Like put your hours in there, volunteer hours, t- total it all up and kind of go, okay, you know what? Out of all of our hours, we only have one hour a week we actually think about digital. And my encouragement to you as a church, I know it's very confusing and it's hard. It's always moving. Trust me, I get confused by digital (laughs) all the time. You know, I I download TikTok and I'm like, I don't even understand what the world is going on in this platform. (laughs) I don't sing. I'm not a drama student. Like, I don't know if I could be successful on here. So I I feel that too. It's hard. But my encouragement is just to double your focus on digital this next year. Like, so mm-hmm. if you have Love an it. hour a week, how can you move to two hours and then recruit? Like one of the the things that I think could be super helpful is do like a digital summit, like event at your church and cast the vision. Hey, if you do digital for your work, like if you're mm, a coder or so a marketing good. strategist, do like a digital summit at your church, find out the talent at your church and go, Hey, help us. I, mm-hmm. I think you need to provide a place like years ago, creatives needed a place at their church mm-hmm. to be engaged. You need to give the digital experts at your church. Like I know you probably have somebody who has probably a thousand followers on Instagram or killing it on mm-hmm. TikTok and mm-hmm. tap them in to help your church figure it out and just mm-hmm. paint them a vision and then unleash them. But double your focus, enlist some new people through that digital summit idea. And trust me, I think the fog will start to kind of clear over the next mm-hmm. uh, couple months. It's so good. So helpful. Jay, I really appreciate you being here today, investing time in us. I, I'm literally taking pages of notes here, stuff I'm I'm looking forward to chewing on. Uh, how can we connect with you, kind of ch- track with the church, all of that stuff? How, where do we want to send them online if they want to kind of follow along a little bit closer? Yeah. So uh, actually my website, jaycranda.com, I have a free YouTube course where I did like a 12 episode, uh, how to think about digital ministry. There's also, if you want to learn more about online groups, I did a a course with small group network on how to lead online small groups. There's actually a Mm -hmm. free version on their YouTube channel, which you could find links and everything on my, Mm -hmm. on my website. Great. We'll send people over there. Super excited. Thank you so much, Jay. All the best cheering for you. Thanks for being on the episode. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. 
drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.